Welcome to our weekly Church on the Rock podcast. For more information, visit us at churchak.org, download our Church on the Rock AK app, or like us on our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy our weekly podcast. enjoyed this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe enjoyed is the wrong word. Maybe, uh, <laughs> how many of you gotten something out of the 21 days of prayer and fasting? There we go. That's probably more like it. Um, yeah, man, maybe the Lord just dropped uh, a scripture in your heart or he provided for you supernaturally, uh, whether it's physical or financially. I know there's a lot of those needs. Um, maybe he gave you a, a prophetic word, a word that you can hold on to now as you move forward into your future. That was our hope and our prayers that the Lord would clearly speak to you um, during this time and really for our church. I know he did for us, for Emily and I and our family. I just spoke some very specific things as we sought him in prayer um, for our family, for just ministry in general and life. And it was really good. <clears throat> and I know he spoke to some of you because... Um, you guys wrote down some, some praises, and I want to take a few minutes to read some of these, okay? Um, is that okay if we start our service off just bragging about God and what he's done in your life, uh, in some of your lives? Yeah, I think it's an important thing. And um, we have the prayer wall back here, and in the beginning of the series, uh, Jonathan had asked you to write down your prayers, and then come back, and when he answers those, write down the praises. And so I have here just... A handful of praises that I want to start off with today, okay? And these are, there's no name on these. Um, so if this one's yours and you want to just shout and jump and go crazy, go for it. But um, so here we go. Went in for a stent and was told might need to do bypass surgery. When the doctor went in for the stent, discovered blockage was gone, no bypass or stent needed. Come on. Adoption for our son finally went through after a very long season of waiting. Our family is very grateful to be bringing our daughter back to Alaska after being gone for quite some time. That's always awesome. Son-in-law survived four brain surgeries and his wife is now seeking God. Come on. Severe knee pain in the last, in the last several months woke up and pain was miraculously gone. So cool. I love this. God, thank you for watching over me through my sobriety and taking my life into your hands. I am not ruled, sorry, it's a little uh, scribbly, not ruled by uh, my past because of you now. Yeah. Pain in back is healed without treatment. Pain was a level 10 and went away miraculously without any meds, only prayer. Dude, come on. I mean, I could just keep going. 
Last one here. I'm so thankful that you, Lord, continue to bring new believers into your kingdom. Amen, amen. Can we give God just some praise for what he's done? And if you want to hear more, you got to come back to the next service because I'll read another batch of just fresh praises that God is doing. But it's so good. And I wanted to start off that way because we're finishing up our series of staying hungry and we're looking at the topic of gratitude. And I don't know how else to start a service better than reading some gratitude of people and what the Lord's done in their life. And um, if you've been with us for a while or if you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, um, let me fill you in. We've been asking this question, what habits are you building in your life um, that are leaving you hungry? What habits are you developing? What habits are you creating in your life that are leaving you wanting and desiring more of God? And so we kicked off the series talking about fasting. Uh, what is fasting? Uh, what does it look like? What does it not look like? It's not a diet plan, okay? That's not what we're doing. We're not trying to get thin here. We're trying to draw close to God. And that's simply what fasting is. It's just a tool, a way um, to get into his presence and hear his voice clearly. Um, so we kicked off with that. And then we talked about confession. We've sort of laid out a template of prayer. Uh, and I say template because it's not a formula. It's not, this is how you have to pray. But these are just parts that you can incorporate into your prayer life. And so we kicked off with confession. And essentially what it, what it means is you're just confessing, God, I need you. I need you in my life. And I actually spoke at our youth group last Wednesday, and I, I, I just explained confession as being honest. Tell them how you're really feeling. Tell them what's really going on in your life. What are you really, truly experiencing? Just be honest, because when you're honest and you bring that truth to the Lord, he can deal with that thing. He can work on your behalf. But we don't want to keep those things hidden in the dark, right? Because he is only where the light is. And he will bring it to the light eventually. But when we confess and we express our need um, for him, uh, it's a good place to start. And then the next week we looked at praise and how regardless of our situation, we can stand on the nature and the character of God that is unwavering, unshakable, right? He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he will forever be that for us, our rock in times of trouble. So we can stand and declare, God, I trust you. Regardless of my situation, I will declare who you are over my present situation or circumstance. And the last week, Garland, Pastor Jonathan Garland, talked about petition and how we are to regularly, often petition the Lord in prayer, come to him with our requests and our needs. And if I'm being honest, I think out of all of these, this is probably the one I struggle with the most, of just regularly bringing my need and my request to him over and over again. And I love what Garland said. He used the illustration of his kids. When our kids come to us uh, with something, something that they need or want, what does that show you? What does that tell you? that they need you, that they trust you, that they love you enough to ask you for help. It shows their dependency upon you. Well, that's similar to us and God. When we come to God with our petition, when we come to God with our prayer, we're saying, God, I'm dependent upon you. I need you. I need you in this moment. I need you in this situation. I don't know how to do this, but you do, and I trust you, so I'm coming to you. He invites your petition and your prayers. Jesus said, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open, right? So we come to the Lord in petition and prayer. And then today we're ending on a high note, gratitude. 
Isn't that awesome? My title for today is Gratitude is the Key. Key to what, you might ask? We'll stick around and we'll hopefully get there. I have a wonderful three-year-old daughter. She's just the highlight of my life. She's so much fun. She's saying so many funny things and sweet things and a lot of sassy things. She's sassy, man. She's a little fireball. And um, it feels like, I love the season because it feels like every week she's like learning new behaviors, um, new skills, new sentences and words. It's like every week there's something new. I'm like, where did you come up with that? And uh, some of these words come more natural than others, right? Like mine or I want this or why. You guys ever been in that season with your kid? The why? Holy smokes. It's like, why everything? <laughs> I've never had to explain something so much in my life before. It's like, why, why, why? So these just, these, she just comes up with these, man. And then there's others that are not so natural, like please <laughs> or thank you or I love you. Uh, these are things we've kind of had to like reinforce in her life a little bit. And um, what I've discovered is we, we have to practice gratitude with her. We first have to, amen, she, Kim knows what I'm talking about. We first have to model it for her, right? We can't expect her to be grateful or express gratitude if she doesn't ever see it played out in our home. So me and Emily, we have to like model it for her, show her, um, and we have to be consistent. How many know it's key to be consistent when it comes to parenting? I'm learning that too. I'm learning all kinds of things, man. So once you do that, then you teach her. Like we have to get down to a three-year-old level and explain what it is to be thankful, what it means, what it looks like, you know, how do you do it? Um, and then you gotta let her practice. And that's where things get interesting. <laughs> uh, like the other day, I, um, we have a, what we call the naughty mat. It's just like a little floor mat. And um, it's basically timeout. When she gets in trouble, she goes onto the naughty mat, okay? And I don't know if that's bad parenting, if it is. Talk to Emily, it was her idea. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I was on board. It sounded like a great idea at the time. So we implement the naughty map. And I can't remember what happened. I think she hit her brother. That's a pretty common one in the house. Just wow. And so bring her to the naughty map, put her on the naughty map. And I go back into the kitchen. I start doing my thing. And out of nowhere, I just hear, thank you, daddy. <laughs> and I'm like, for what? And she's like, uh, thank you for putting me on the naughty mat. And I was like, either we're really good at this gratitude thing or the naughty mat has lost its power. <laughs> and so done away with the naughty mat, no more. If you have other advice for us, we'd happily take it. So, <laughs> but what I've learned with parenting my three-year-old is that Gratitude takes practice. It's a practice, and it's a process, and it doesn't come naturally to us <laughs> a lot of times. And I think this is why we as parents, we start with our kids little. We start teaching them, right? We start modeling to them what gratitude looks like so that in hopes later on in life when they do get older, the practice of gratitude will then become a habit for them, and it's just part of who they are, right? That's our hope. And why do we do this? Well, I'd venture to say um, 
probably because we want our kids to be kind, right? We want them to be appreciative of the things they get or they receive. Uh, we want them to have friends, and that's part of being thankful is expressing your thanks to people and appreciate, being appreciative of them and be respectful. I mean, we could probably come up with all kinds of reasons why it's good to teach your kid to be grateful and have gratitude, right? But one of the reasons that I never grew up hearing about was that it's actually God's will for your life that you would be grateful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you catch that? The will of God for your life is to be, to be a grateful person. I think um, when we think of the will of God, often we think of the next step. Okay, God, what do I do next? Who do you want me to marry? Uh, what, what job do you want me to get or career should I choose? Where should I go and move and, and live, right? What, where, where should I build my house or buy this house? And could it be that we have overcomplicated the will of God for our life? After all, there's very few explicit, uh, um, explicit scriptures where it talks about the will of God, and this is one of them. And I believe that gratitude is the will of God for you and I because gratitude unlocks the full potential of a follower of Jesus. It bleeds out into every area of your life. Gratitude does. Both spiritually, emotionally, and even physically. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And I'm just going to pause there for a minute because I'm sure there's people in the room that may be thinking, well, easy for you to say to be grateful, right? Like you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know the hardship. You don't know the pain. You don't know the suffering. And you're right, I don't. But I do know someone, the Apostle Paul, who does, who's not a figurative person. He's actually a real person who lived a life on this earth serving and following Jesus. And he went through some of the most unbearable, unimaginable things that life could throw at a person. Just brutal and horrific suffering and pain. Ultimately, dying, being beheaded for his faith in Jesus. And yet, through that, through that life, he was able to write down this scripture that we just read, and many others, by the way, that talk about thankfulness and gratitude. Because Paul was someone who fully lived up to his calling as a Christ follower, fully lived in his potential as a Christ follower because he was able to give thanks not for his circumstances, but in them. There's a big distinction there. We're not talking about giving thanks for your situation, for the difficult thing you're going through. But what we're talking about is giving thanks and having gratitude in the situation, in the circumstance that you find yourself in. Now, how does one get to that point of being full of gratitude, regardless of what life has for us, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's difficult or going great? Well, simply put, it has to start with Jesus. Let's just say it like it is. Gratitude is the result of recognizing who Jesus is 
and what he's done for us. That's what gratitude, gratitude is the result of recognizing who Jesus is and what he's done for us. I think about my own life, like I can recount the moment when I first met Jesus my senior year of high school. I was at a conference in Anchorage. My mom forced me to go to. I didn't want to go to it. Thank God for those moms who just, you're going, buddy. And I went kicking and screaming and came back praising and crying. I mean, it was radical. It was a radical moment in my life where I just met Jesus and I encountered him. And I experienced what it actually means to have true, true life. And then I can think back to all the moments where he began to work in my life and he began to set me free from sinful habits and he began to heal brokenness in my heart. And he began, he began to set me free from things like sin and condemnation and shame. And I can just, I can tell you over and over again, the moments where God showed up and began to do a work in me that only he could do. And as a result, I, I'm just grateful. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. I was headed one way, destruction, and he met me in a moment and put me on a path, and now I'm on a totally different direction. And I am eternally grateful for that. And I know many of you had this similar experience, and it does something to you. It wells up this thing called gratitude. And I don't know any other way to express gratitude through life's most difficult situations than having my eyes off myself and my eyes onto Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith, the one who rescued me and saved me from death and destruction. It's the only way that I I know how to praise in all things, good or bad. So we have to get our eyes off ourselves and our eyes onto Jesus to begin to cultivate a heart and a life of gratitude. And when life begins to do this, you'll begin to see serious life transformation take place. And that's what I want to talk about for the next few moments. I want to give you a couple of keys to gratitude. A couple of truths here about gratitude. The first one is gratitude is key for happiness. How many of you would like to be happier or just happy in general? (laughs) Hey, no shame, man. I'd love to be happier. If there's more happiness to be had, bring it on, baby. I want some. I want to be happy. I want to be like Dave Drick. Anybody met Dave Drick before? I don't know if he's still here. He's one of the ushers, first service guy. He is always happy. It's one of those guys that, you know, you've met those people that you're like, are you really this way all the time? Like, I know you're here at church, you're supposed to be happy, you're supposed to be a Christian, yada, yada, but like, how are you really? I can just tell you, Dave is the way he is everywhere. I've been with him outside the church, I've been with him overseas in different countries. Dave is Dave. It was like 100 degrees, we're sweating like crazy. I mean, we're like dying and Dave is just happy as can be. It's crazy, man. And what I've noticed, I've known Dave for a long time, and what I've noticed as I was thinking about this, Almost every interaction I have with Dave, he's bringing up something that he's thankful for. Almost every interaction. He's talking about his kids. He's talking about his wife, Joy. He's talking about what God's done recently in his life. I mean, all the time, it's, it's like thankfulness is pouring out of this guy. And as a result, he's a pretty happy guy. Well, do you know that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion you can experience? 
The more grateful you are, the healthier you become physically, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a fact. Study done by the famous Dr. Robert Emmons shows that you can increase your happiness by 25%. That's a lot of percentage. You don't gotta take a pill. You don't gotta do anything crazy. You can increase your happiness by 25% by regularly thinking grateful thoughts. Then he goes on to say that out of a study of a thousand participants, those who consistently practice gratitude found a host of benefits, benefits, such as stronger immune system, lower blood pressure, better sleep and more energy, I could use that one, higher levels of positive emotions, more joy, more pleasure, more helpful, more generous and compassionate, and have felt less lonely and less isolated. Those are some great benefits from just simply consistently having grateful thoughts. Now, I'm not trying to give you a psychology lesson on gratitude here. It's not, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist or anything, and nor am I saying that happiness is the end all be all. It's the, the primary goal of life. Jesus didn't say, I came to give you happiness. <laughs> what did he say? He said, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Well, you know what robs you of life and life abundantly? Fear, stress, anxiety, depression, bitterness, resentment, envy, greed. I mean, I could go on, right? These things rob you of the life that Jesus intends you to have. Well, you know what pushes those things out of your life, gets rid of those things? Gratitude, thankfulness. Dr. Emmons goes on to say that gratitude blocks toxic emotions such as envy, resentment, regret, and depression, which can destroy happiness. He also said, it's impossible to feel envious and grateful at the same time. Yeah, interesting. It's impossible. You're either going to experience one or the other. The truth is, part of the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you is directly tied to how much gratitude a person has. It's directly tied. And remember, gratitude is a practice. It's a choice you get to choose. It's not something that you earn. You make the choice to be a grateful person. You make the choice to be thankful. No one else can do it for you. I used to say that Christians should be the happiest people on earth. And I don't necessarily disagree with that statement anymore. But what I say now is Christians should be the most grateful people on earth. And when you are the most grateful person on earth, you will inevitably become the happiest. <clears throat> Second truth or key I want to give you is gratitude is key to glorifying God. One of the best ways to share your faith with other people is to start with gratitude. Why? Because our world is lacking gratitude. There is a major lack in thankfulness today, not just in the young generation, but across the board. There's a lack of gratitude. The Bible says that as believers, we're to live in a way that we make the truth about God attractive to other people, to people who don't know Jesus. Our job is to make it, make the truth about him attractive. So ask yourself this question. Do people look at my life 
and desire to know more about what gives me such an encouraging and positive attitude? Or do people look at you and ask, why is that person so full of thankfulness and gratitude all the time? Like what's going on inside of them that they would respond the way they do, even in this situation they find themselves in? When we show thankfulness for what God has done for us, even when we face unimaginable situations, we get the opportunity to point others to the promises of God that we get to hold on to. Promises of a better future and a hope, Jeremiah 29. Promise that he can do more than we could ask, think, or imagine, Ephesians 3. Promises that he works all things out for good according to those who love him and are called according to his purposes, Romans 8. I mean, I could go on. There's a lot of promises for you and for me that God has set up for us. And when we choose to be thankful for what the Lord has done, regardless of where you find yourself, what you're doing is you're actually pointing people to him. You're directing people's attention to him. And it begins to spark curiosity I think, as believers, as people who follow Jesus, we should be known for radical love, radical kindness, radical joy, and radical gratitude. I think if we're truly in relationship with Jesus, those things will begin to take effect in our life. The next truth, next key for gratitude is gratitude is key for growth growth and godliness. Without thankfulness and gratitude in your heart toward God, we cannot grow in our walk with him. I kind of put it this way. If you're in a marriage relationship or relationship in general, I guess, if you never express your thanks for that person, you never tell them how appreciative you are of them or thankful for them or what they do for you and all the things you like about them, if you don't do that, and all you do, or the only reason you're in the relationship is to get something from them, I guarantee that relationship won't last too long. (laughs) And it certainly won't be the healthiest that it's supposed to be if it does continue, right? Well, similar to our relationship with God. Now, fortunately for us, God is so good that even when we come to him to get something from him, he still is gracious to love us. But in order to grow in our relationship, in order to fully thrive in our relationship with Jesus the way we're meant to be, we have to be able to express gratitude and thankfulness for him. God has already promised to see you through life's most difficult situations. He promises, and he promises to be with you. He promises to help you, to strengthen you, to care for you, to do miracles on your behalf, to even answer prayers. He's always promised that even when things don't go your way, he can work it out for your good. So if that's the case, gratitude then is simply trusting that our good father provides everything that we need. By expressing sincere thanks to God, we're telling him that we trust him, which will allow our faith to deepen and grow and settle into him. So the more gratitude we develop in our hearts, the deeper we will be able to connect and grow in relationship with God. The next truth, the next key 
is gratitude is key for entering his presence. I love uh, scripture Jonas read. It's the same one I'm going to read. Um, Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his house with thanksgiving, into this place with thanksgiving, right? Or in other words, come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Notice that it doesn't say come into his house or his gates or his presence saying, I need something. Help me. Lord, please help do this. Why? Well, much like when you go to somebody's house, unless this is a family member or a close friend, when you go to somebody's house, the first thing you don't do is straight to the fridge or the pantry and ask, where are the cookies at? <laughs> like, normally, when you go over to someone's house, you come in, you get greeted, maybe you admire the place, maybe they built some furniture, like a little bench, you're like, oh, that's nice you did that, right? And you're, you're just, you're admiring what's, what's going on, right? Well, it'd be rude to just march your way in and act like you own the place. Well, same is true when we come into the presence of God, when we enter his gates, when we do that with thanksgiving and praise, we're acknowledging who he is and what he's done. When we get into that place, then we bring our request to him. Then we ask, Lord, here's my need. But we don't enter that way. We enter in through thanksgiving. And I promise you, your time with the Lord will be so rich if you continually go to him with thankfulness. If you continually come with a heart of gratitude towards him, for him, I promise you, your time with the Lord will be so sweet. That's why I tell people, if you don't know how to pray, if you're, if you're figuring this out or if you're new to prayer, start with thankfulness. First thing you do, just start there. Start your day with thankfulness, right? They say that the first few minutes, the first five minutes of your day determines the rest of it. Your attitude is determined. So start with thankfulness. Start with gratitude. If gratitude really does increase happiness and attitude and all those things, man, start there. Start your prayer with thanksgiving for God and what he's done for your life. And I promise you'll experience his presence in a deep and profound way, which brings me to gratitude is key for finding freedom. The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, if we enter into his presence with thankfulness, we are now poised, set up for experiencing freedom. And I want to read a story uh, to you, Jonah uh, not the whole story. I'll briefly summarize, but I found this to be so cool. Uh, I've, re I've read through Jonah lots of times. I never noticed this, this piece. But if you don't know, Jonah is a prophet in the Old Testament, and God told him that he's to go to the city of Nineveh and tell the people how wicked they are. How many of you would like that assignment? Yeah? Like, hey, Ryland, go to Las Vegas, and I want you to tell everybody there like just how evil, right? Like, not the funnest assignment, Nineveh, by the way, it's modern-day Mosul, Iraq, just to give you some context. Like, that's, that's kind of the area we're talking about. 
And so he tells Jonah to go. And what does Jonah do? He goes the opposite way. He's like, I'm not going there. And he goes the other way. So long story short, Jonah ends up on a boat and then he ends up getting thrown overboard and a fish swallows him. And he's in the belly of a fish for three days. Okay. Go read it yourself. It's, it's wild. Now, I don't know about you, but that's next level problem. Like, I know we got our issues, Jake, we got our problems, bro, but that's next level, dude. <laughs> like, what do you do from there? I don't even know your next move. And so Jonah's sitting there in the belly of a whale or a fish. We don't know exactly. It's just like, okay, well, let's find out what Jonah does, what his next move is, and what happens. Jonah chapter 2, verse 9, it says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Even in the belly of a whale, Jonah had thankfulness. You have no excuse now. You have no excuse. Your situation is not that bad, comparatively speaking. And don't get me wrong, I respect that we all have our struggles, some more than others, but that's bad. And somehow, some way, Jonah was able to muster up what probably little bit of thankfulness and gratitude he had. And what happens? Freedom. He spit out onto shore, which can we just pause by the way and ask the question, do you think there were people on the, the beach when that happened? I hope. Like, what would that be like? Just this fish just launches this live human out of his mouth. He plops down, shakes off the, the saliva and on he goes. Like wild, right? Here's what I know. Gratitude ushers in freedom. Gratitude brings breakthrough. And if you are in a situation that you can't seem to get out of or are in a difficult spot, you're just going through it right now and you don't know what the outcome is. If you would just be thankful, if you'd continue to come to the Lord in thanks and gratitude, I promise you freedom will come. It will happen. It may not look like you thought, but it will happen because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and we enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Brings me to my last point, truth about gratitude. Gratitude is key for transformation. Being grateful can be a catalyst for transformation. <clears throat> I've recently had the privilege of seeing a young man in our church <clears throat> give his life to the Lord back, I don't know, summertime, and I've been able to watch his journey with the Lord the last couple months, and he's literally a different person. And he would tell you that. Like, I'm just watching it in real time. Like, he is a totally different person. And it's one of the coolest things to witness as a pastor and really just a friend. And similar to like Dave, he cannot stop thanking God about coming into relationship with him and God redeeming his life just over and over again. And it's, it's like a living example of what Paul says here in Colossians 
2, 6 and 7, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. You will overflow with thankfulness and gratitude. I'm watching this guy, this young man, experience transformation, and he's just overflowing with thankfulness. In fact, it's kind of funny. I was, as I was preparing for this, um, he texted me yesterday, last night, out of the blue. He had no idea. He didn't even know I was preaching. This is literally what he said. He said, every day, dude. <laughs> That's how we start our conversations. What up, dude? Every day, dude, I cannot even tell you how thankful I am for him. Him being God. Out of the blue, he just texts me. And we spark up a conversation. What I'm seeing is the more gratitude that this guy has, it's this, there's like more transformation that continues to take place. And isn't that God's desire for all of us? Is that we would experience the life transformation power of Jesus to the point where we can't help but overflow with thankfulness and gratitude. And then when that begins to take place, watch out world because you've just unlocked your full potential as a follower of Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? <clears throat> My prayer for those of you today who don't know Jesus would be that you meet him today. That you would just have a conversation. That you wouldn't leave this place without encountering him. And it doesn't need to be a big, scary thing for you. I get it might feel intimidating, in especially in a place like this, but I'll invite our prayer team up now and, and they'll be available up front here. But these people would love to pray with you if you need somebody to pray with. Or maybe you just want to do it right in your chair. Like maybe something in you was sparked, like, hey, I want to know more about this Jesus that offers uh, this life. This life that is full of gratitude and, and thanksgiving. Our prayer team's up here available and they'd love to pray with you. And if you are walking with Jesus, if you've been a follower, man, let's boldly embrace gratitude. We should be known for radical gratitude, radical thankfulness, even when it doesn't make sense. Because remember, there's a world that's watching. And they're going to see how we respond to life's trials. They're going to see how we respond to the good things in life. And when we're a people constantly living in thankfulness and gratitude, we're pointing others to Him. We're pointing others to the source of our gratitude and thanksgiving. Amen. Can I pray for you guys? Jesus, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your scriptures and your truth and your word that bring so much hope. And God, I pray, truly pray over this group of people that we would be a people of gratitude, that we would find the things in life that you have done for us as a way to be thankful. And Lord, if we have nothing to be thankful for, if we can't seem to muster up anything, the one thing we can is that your son Jesus came and died to set us free. That alone is enough. If that's all we have, 
that's enough. To be saved, to be set free from sin, and to be able to spend relationship and time with you here, but also eternity with you, Jesus. So Father, again, well up gratitude in our hearts as we leave this place. And would we show the world what it looks like to live a life full of thankfulness and gratitude. Pray this all in your name. Amen. Hey, I didn't mention this, but uh, we actually, you'll have the opportunity this Wednesday. We're having a night of worship. I can't think of a better way to express gratitude than a night of worship. You just come with all your worries, all your problems, all your cares, and just pour it out, man. Come, worship with us. Wednesday night, right here in this room, 6.30, it's gonna be a great time. The team's been gearing up for it. We'll have prayer ministry available. It's just gonna be a great time of celebration and again, expressing our hearts before the Lord. Hey, we love you guys. You guys are awesome. Hope you have a great day and we can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts and to discover how you can connect, visit us at churchak.org or download our Church on the Rock AK app from either iTunes or Google Play. Thank you.